This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 34. Ah, why am I so stressed? Of the In Between podcast, where you'll hear simple solutions for living an extraordinary life. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. Today, we're going to be talking about five stressful life transitions that no one talks about, but everyone should prepare for. Mm-hmm. So, hence the, why am I so stressed? Oh, you weren't talking about the way our house looks right now? No, our house is actually gorgeous. <laughs> Pat <laughs> well, on the back. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. This is not real life. <laughs> not everyday life, I should say. Um, we hosted... Uh, I don't know how many people, like 15 people yesterday for mm-hmm. Life Group. And yeah. so the kids and I, you know, we actually took the time to dust and to pick up the toys and you vacuumed and all of that. So not that they care that there was like fingerprints on the fridge or whatnot. Like we've known each other for a long time. Whoa. Our fridge is reflecting the light. Dude, I know. <laughs> right. It's not reflecting like crumbs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but I always feel like, I mean, we host, I think, like once every seven weeks. So I feel like it's a good time to actually like deep clean and give me an excuse to do it. Like I cleaned our windows and I dusted our blinds. Wow. Like that does not happen no, all that the time. Doesn't. That happens maybe one, maybe once every 14 weeks. Like yeah. every other time they come, I'm like, man, whatever. They don't care. I, I don't <laughs> even think it happened for the first year and a little bit no. since when we lived moved in here (laughs) nope it did not for many reasons aka three children under five (laughs) yeah all right so what did you come across that triggered the idea of having this podcast well it was probably about two years ago and first let me caveat what i'm about to say by saying i am not into like pop culture I mean, you can ask my friends. They'll be like, hey, have you seen this movie? Or do you know the name of this actor? And I'm like, what the what? So like having to look it up. However, for some reason, you know how Facebook algorithms are really funny. Like something, I guess one of my friends clicked on something, but it was an article about, do you remember that flipper flop couple, um, Christina and Tarek, I think their names were. Mm -hmm. Um, We used to watch that show quite a bit because we were really into renovating our house and all of that. So it was an article about, how they had dropped like multi millions of dollars into their own house. They did that, they renovated it. And then they renovated it again. So they were done. Oh. And then they were like, Meh, I don't like this color. I'm not really into marble anymore, or whatever. And so they did it again. Again, oh my goodness. and then like I don't know, six or seven months later, they come out and saying that they're separating or divorcing or whatever it was, and that they're going to sell this house. Wow! So somehow I don't know. The interviewer got a hold of their general contractor, and the general contractor was saying, you know, this is not a surprise for many people um, that this you know renovation or whatnot ends in divorce or separation because it's happened many many times. He actually put it out there saying that uh, when you hire a general contractor, you should probably actually be hiring a counselor to go with that, like hiring a general contractor, 
find a name of a good counselor and start your counseling sessions for like six to eight weeks or whenever your counts, um, whenever your house is done because it's that stressful. Wow. And now we know that because we've gone through our own crazy renovations. We can talk more about that later, but that got my wheels spinning. Like, okay, what else in life, um, especially different transitions that happen in all our lives that are super stressful that we could prepare better? but that no one talks about them. Like this should Mm -hmm. be general information. Don't you think if this is going to, if stuff is going to end in divorce or stuff is going to bring conflict into our marriages, we should be better prepared, right? Yeah. But I mean, imagine you're trying to figure out which contractor to go with or which company to go with for your new tiles or for your new flooring. Uh And part of the advertisement is, hey, this is going to be hard. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be a lot more. You're actually going to be paying a lot more than what you are financially. So <laughs> we care about you and we're going to offer you counsel- free counseling if you go with us. Or <laughs> there should be like some side business with the general contractor being like, hey, these are like, you should have a general contractor spouse and a counselor spouse. <laughs> and they should be like, hey, Call this couple in like four weeks and be yeah. like, hey, just wondering, is everything going okay? Happen to be a counselor <laughs> if you need to talk. Or How'd you get my number? Shoulder what to about cry privacy on? policies? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sign anything. What are you talking yeah, about? <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yeah. So uh, what we'd love to do throughout the rest of the podcast is work one by one through different stressful life transitions that you may have gone through, you may not have. And Mm -hmm. and if you have already gone through these and maybe uh, it's going to be a good reflection, Mm -hmm. maybe giving you some words that you can share with others who are going through it. And if you haven't yet, uh, we hope to give you some things to anticipate and to prepare for. Mm -hmm. All right. So the first one goes along with the story. It's building a house or doing renos. So for us, when we lived in Edmonton, it was a 1958 home. Mm-hmm. We bought it. Number one, it was our first home we had ever bought. We had no idea what we were doing. No. We just had a budget and we wanted to fit into that budget. Exactly. So we could have gone for a more updated townhouse, mm-hmm. closer to work, closer to, I guess we didn't really have any friends, so it was really closer to work <laughs> and our kids weren't going to school. So yeah. closer to work. And, but you know what, everything we read, they were like, oh, but you're, if you want to, if you want to make money, Mm -hmm. if you want your property to appreciate, you need to buy a house, you need to buy land, you can't do a townhouse. So we decided to forego the granite countertops Mm -hmm. and go for a 1958 home. Like this was... It was old. It was very old. It was old. old. And the neighborhood was very established. Well, I mean, so old, right, that there was this cutout in our wall, do you remember? And that was for the rotary phone to hang on. Yeah. And then there was a pullout drawer for For the the phone phone book. And then at our back entrance, there is a door. Yes. That was for the milk, like the milkman. (laughs) For the milkman to put the milk in from the outside. And you to open the door from the inside to get the milk. It's yes. just like, and I guess they don't leave it in front of your door in Edmonton because it's winter or five months I out of the year. I have no idea. Yeah. But there was no like outside door. So this house maybe was renovated once like back in the we day. We had an outside door. We had doors to our house. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Praise Jesus. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we in our naivete started watching reno shows i don't know i don't even know flip or flop was on at that no point idea. but you know hgtv yeah, yeah. We were watching, yeah exactly <laughs> yes i actually saw him I know. 
<laughs> so literally, I was at Biscuit Love. And by the way, they have an amazing Nashville sign. They do. Yes. They do, which is great for selfies. Right. That whole area has like a ton of murals for selfies. So like wonderful ones. So that's a, definitely the yeah. place to check and out the if food, you're in it's Nashville. It's like if, if you're gluten-free, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, they don't and really Christina have gluten-free cheats. options. Yeah, she cheats. I do. I does. definitely cheat to go and do that. But literally they have this East Nasty I know it's, you know, East Nashville is a thing. Mm-hmm. So they have this East Nasty biscuit with like fried chicken, biscuit, <laughs> gravy, eggs. Oh, and there's another one that has like hot chicken, like Nashville hot chicken. One. And then they have one called like the SEC. Oh my goodness. I want to go right now. So I feel like this is like the sixth stressful part of <laughs> life is hearing about yummy food, but not actually being able to get it. Yes, okay. this is true. All right. So going back to the time I saw Ty, he literally came in, ordered, left. And I was like, who is that? And obviously like a celebrity. He Ty had a hat Pennington, on. Pennington. Yeah, yeah. And he had a hat on. Oh, that's so. Yeah, it was so, so celebrity. celebrity yeah. Like, and he just yep. wasn't really looking around. Of course. I was like, hey, it's yeah. Ty. Anyway, so going back to it after that little rabbit trail, (laughs) (laughs) we were watching a lot of these shows and we thought it would be an amazing idea to buy an old home and flip it. Yeah. I mean, they do it in an hour. Right. On TV. It's like, it can't be that hard. No, right. Yeah. And we don't need a general contractor. Right. We don't have tools. Just YouTube everything. No, yeah. We (laughs) We didn't have tools. But we could buy stuff. (laughs) Right. My dad worked at Rona. Right. Yeah. He helped out. 10% discount. (laughs) Yeah. This is the greatest idea ever. So that's what we did. So how'd it turn out? (laughs) Uh, We ended up using a contractor because I did try doing stuff. And then my friend came in and he was like, do you want to burn your house down? Because this is not how you do electrical. (laughs) We were and just going to bust this wall and yeah. he's like, um, that's like a low barrier. Yeah, top. exactly. Your Anyways, roof is going to cave. I'm very grateful, very <laughs> yeah. grateful for our friend who helped us do that. Anyways, he led the project for us. Mm-hmm. Literally, it was a fifth, it was a 1,050 square foot home mm-hmm. on the main floor. And we right. had a basement and we did the entire floors we ripped out all the carpet right. there's hardwood underneath yes beautiful exactly beautiful a hardwood benefit from of having, 1958 that's right yeah yeah you could drop a piano and it wouldn't do anything like it was well. a hard okay maybe <laughs> a, not a hammer yeah a hammer okay <laughs> and it was beautiful so we redid those uh-huh. we took all the trim out we did a load-bearing wall and then we did the entire kitchen yes. and then we blocked off a hallway we, te- we did the we, bathroom yeah, we did the, we tore a wall open. Yeah, we changed the layout of the kitchen. Yeah, actually changed the layout down to our basement. We changed the windows. Yeah, all the windows. And then yeah, the entire, the and the entire outside like, of the dude. house, because it gets really cold in the winter, yeah. dropped a lot of money. Right. And our contractor was like, oh yeah, well, the kitchen part mm-hmm. should only take a month. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the outside part, all that Everything stuff is else fine. Everything else is going to yeah. live yeah. in phases. But he was like, we had two young kids at the time, and he was like, you um, are not going to be able to cook for one month. Mm. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can prepare for that. So we basically put up a big tarp, mm-hmm. and then we all lived in the basement. Yeah. We moved our dining room table into the laundry room. Mm-hmm. Why not? <laughs> yeah, we all slept in the basement. And we only had two bathrooms in the house. Mm-hmm. There was a toilet downstairs and the shower was upstairs. So other than going up to shower, we just didn't really need to go upstairs. Mm-hmm. And then we used the the little, um, the two mini sinks we had in the basement. Oh, very tiny. Yeah. yeah. It was like a bar, like 
whatever like a wet bar i think yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. A wet bar, yeah, yeah yeah so we had like a little sink to do our dishes and yeah and the night before it all started christina decided to make how many crock pot meals 30 yeah because, in one day because there are 30 days in a month so i was like that's fine we'll save money we don't have the money to do renos and to eat out every single day plus we have two young children who wants to do that so i was thinking okay i will make crock pot meals for the entire entire month and then i'll be able just to put them in the freezer and the morning or the night before i'll just take it out and defrost it and then put it in the crock pot there you go shabing shabang right all right so how long did we actually not have a kitchen for like non-cooking kitchen yeah two and a half months yeah yeah and by the <laughs> 30th crock pot meal or the 20 something crock pot meal we were all like, dude, like, this is nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Crockpot meals, like maybe once a week to save you time. And this is long before the Instapot. So um, it just tastes like soupy mush. That's what it tastes like. Everything tastes like soupy mush at the end. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this anymore. So all that to say, building a house or doing renos are very, very stressful. Because you cannot control a lot of stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. So how can you prepare? So if you're listening here and you're choosing kitchen tile, you know, floor tile colors mm-hmm. and you're getting ready to build a house or you're going to replace the floors in the kitchen or in the kitchen, you're going to do countertops or do floors in the bathroom. I mean, part of life is, you know, you kind of pour money into your house. It's mm-hmm. an investment and and that's kind of, you know, one of the things that a lot of people do. So how can we better prepare knowing that it's stressful? Mm-hmm. I think the first way is that, and we've had actually friends who are general contractors who say to be able to land contracts, you sort of have to give everybody like this will take one month. Like, legitimately like yes. that's, that's even what if they say. even if they know it's going to take three months they're going to say hey it's going to take one month because if they're honest completely honest then another contractor is going to say it's going to take me one month yeah and they're all going to say oh yeah we can start this week yeah we can get going yes exactly so no yeah. it's just that's just life that's how that I guess, society or whatever works in that way. Yeah, especially if you negotiate a deal. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're paying top dollar, then... And they're catering just to you. Yeah, yeah, then then you're going to get done super fast. Right, right. So as fast as I can. Completely. (laughs) So So we've had friends who say, basically, okay, you hear a month, add at least another month on top of what they say. So if they say, hey, it's going to take two months... No problem. Be like, "Mm, okay, I'm going to prepare for like three, three and a half months. Yeah. And it's kind of, you have to add a little bit more time the longer the reno is. So Mm -hmm. for example, when I redid our floors in our master bathroom Mm -hmm. and our closets, I was like, I took a week off for vacation. I lined up all these books that I was going to read, all the stuff that I was going to do and hang out with you guys is going to be our staycation. And I plotted out one day to rip out (laughs) all the car. We had carpet in our, in our, yeah, Yeah. that's just what they did in the houses back then. (laughs) So so. uh, our current Nashville house. So I ripped it all out and I think it took me like five days to get it done. Mm-hmm. Not one well, day. Well, you were learning how to do it and yeah. all of that. So, you know, you have hiccups and whatnot. So, yeah. so it's always yep. going to take longer. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what's another thing we can do to be prepared? Well, have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. Right. So 
yeah, if you've set aside money and you're going to build a house or do renos and you've prepared longer than they've said or you're preparing for the delay, sometimes that means you have to, I mean, here's here's another thing. I mean, don't live if, if you can, mm-hmm. you know, don't, and especially in a, in a reno where you're doing it in your home and it's a major one, mm-hmm. don't live in the house if you can. Right. Now, if you I can under- afford yeah, to live somewhere else. To. Now, yep. I understand that that's not always the case and it wasn't the case for us. No, definitely but, not. But um, if you can, if you have hotel points or if you have family, family in town mm-hmm. or whatnot, just kind of, you know, prepare for that. So how, whatever your arrangements are mm-hmm. during the reno, always have a backup plan because it is going to take longer. Right. So another thing that you can prepare for is that obviously it's going to be a stressful situation, especially if you have a personality like mine who likes to control every single aspect Mm. that like I think it took about three and a half months for our reno to finish that was probably one of the most stressful things of my life like stressful times of my life and because of that am I who am I taking up the stress on yeah yeah exactly you and then what happens when you're taking stress out on me then I take stress out on you (laughs) exactly and so we are fighting and nitpicking about little things that usually wouldn't you know cause any sort of animosity between each other but it was just like headbutting all the time Hmm. so expect it Mm -hmm. and when you find yourself doing that maybe take a walk (laughs) yeah uh listen to a podcast one of the things that i do when i do renos is i'll listen to podcasts i'll listen to actually sermons because that's actually no it's it's really funny literally you'll never i am most people don't think i'm an angry person (laughs) but when i'm doing renos for some reason the spirit of the Renos gets over me and it's just, yeah. Anyway, so it just kind of comes over me. So expect it, right? Expect mm-hmm. it. Uh, the last thing before we get on to our second point would just be don't make 30 crockpot meals. 20. 20 is good. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not yeah I think by 22, we were like, dude, we're so done with this. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know why I'm saying dude the whole time. But yeah. anyway, I feel like this is part of this. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Know. Number two, Christina, what's uh, another stressful life transition? Well, another stressful life transition is having a baby. And I know like we talk so much about the beauty of growing a baby inside of a mom and, you know, all the anticipation and the excitement about the baby showers and getting the room ready and all of that. But no one necessarily talks so much about how life is going to change drastically after having a baby. Especially if the baby's sick, right? Yes. Or colicky or just demanding Mm. or not sleeping. Um, I feel like you can feel so prepared, especially first time parents. We we were exactly the same. We read every single book that there could be and we tried to do everything by the quote unquote standard and our child didn't necessarily fit into those standards. So it was really like very, very stressful. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. 
Available wherever books are sold. Mm, yeah, no matter how much you feel prepared, you're never going to be prepared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just don't. So, you know, expect that and also expect guys, especially that funky town's not going to happen for the first six weeks. Yes. And that you're going to be a dry spell. Yeah. And your wife does not want to even like don't. Do- yeah. No. <laughs> There is liquid squirting out of places. Liquid <laughs> usually doesn't squirt out of. Oh my goodness. So don't touch. <laughs> Let's just be honest, right, ladies? Yeah. 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 And the other thing is, after the six weeks pass, hallelujah when that does, uh, Funky Town can be interrupted. Mm-hmm. A lot. Right? I mean, you yep. can have a night where you're like, we're going to have sex and you kind of prepare the candles and you get, our, you know, cook a steak dinner, get everything, all the aphrodisiacs. Yeah, exactly. Give her a massage. And then right about the time the baby starts crying. Yeah. Yes. It always, always happens. And I know, I know, because we've been there, but like, just let the baby cry. Yeah. But it I don't know. No, yeah. no. The mama milk just. <laughs> yes. Yes, the mama milk yeah, comes out. exactly, literally. <laughs> and it's just like you can't, like your body like longs to oh my goodness. be with your child. Flashbacks. <laughs> so are like, I'm sorry, dude. Just going to have to put this on hold. <laughs> can't believe we're talking about this. <laughs> All right. Uh, Hi, mom. <laughs> okay, okay. So how to prepare for it? Well, babies can't fix your communication issues, number one. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we in life look to excuses or not really an excuse or... We're, we're looking to things to distract us. Right. Yeah. We're like, oh, I'm not really getting a lot of attention from my spouse. But if we have a baby, mm-hmm. then maybe and and maybe during the pregnancy mm-hmm. uh, when one, you know, when the mom has not morning sickness, but kind of nausea and mm-hmm. just, you know, obviously there's a lot more empathy, especially when someone's sick and you're but then once the baby's out, it's like. Life goes back to normal. So if you have communication issues before you have a baby, Mm -hmm. after the baby, it's only going to magnify because you're not going to have as much time. Right. And you're tired and you're stressed and you're just, you know, mama brain. That's a real thing. So, yeah, definitely it's going to be difficult. Yeah. So the other thing is, and we've mentioned it before, no matter how many books you've read or podcasts you've listened to, it's it's impossible to know or, or to be completely prepared. Mm-hmm. So join together, you know, hold hands. Be on the same team. Exactly. Be on the same Figure team for together. sure. Yeah, exactly. And I know I've seen this. I've heard it myself say it. I've also seen it in other friends where it's sort of the person who spends the most time with the baby sort of feels like they know the baby more. And that might be true, but in the sense where they're putting down their partner. Mm. Like, hey, hey, no, 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 the baby doesn't like to be rocked like that. The baby likes to be rocked like this. Like, don't do it. You're doing it wrong. Yeah, that's right. And that's really hurtful to the other partner. Especially when the other partner is trying to figure it out too. Exactly. And trying their best. Exactly. And maybe, who knows, maybe the other person person the other spouse is going to find something that works for the baby as well that they have their own rocking rhythm or whatnot and it's true Mm -hmm. i mean i was able to console the kids differently than you completely you know you had your boobs yeah (laughs) (laughs) literally yes and your smell (laughs) yeah exactly and your smell Mm -hmm. Uh, for me i had to sing yes and, and you had the Moby Rap. Yeah, the Moby Rap. Yeah, a lot the Ergo of... Ergo and yeah. all of that. I wonder yeah. if I'd still be able to do the Moby Rap. <laughs> the Jedi skill. Yes, it totally was a Jedi, Jedi skill. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, the third stressful life transition that no one talks about 
but that we should all be prepared for is moving. Mm -hmm. Now, when I was in grad school, I came across this study that listed just how stressful different things are in life. For example, the death of a spouse was like a hundred. Like that was hundred. Yeah, yeah, that was like the most stressful thing ever. Like in all of life. Yes. Yeah, divorce came in second, mm-hmm. and then it was marital separation, and then death of a close family. So it kind of just went all the way. I mean, I, I know all the first four, and the fifth one was like death of a close family member, mm-hmm. and then personal injury or illness. So all those sound really bad. They are. <laughs> but yeah, marriage was the next one. Oh. Right? So even getting married is a oh. stressful life yes. transition. And, yes, and you kind of keep on going down. together. Yeah, mm-hmm. and when you keep on going down, moving actually makes the top 10 stressors, according to this one really? study. I feel like we're on family feud. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so why, why is moving so stressful? It, it makes the top 10 list, but why is it so stressful? Well, it's so stressful because there's multiple things going on. So you're not just trying to... Move. So you're not just trying to sell your house. At the same time, you're probably trying to figure out which house to buy. Or a place to rent. Yes. Um, and it could be within the same city or we've had and we've done it ourselves where we have relocated to a different country mm. or to a different state, a different city. And so you're having to travel back and forth and do all that. And let's talk about even staging your home and keeping it clean yeah, for to you sell want it. Top dollar. Like, oh, my goodness. I don't understand how we even survived. We had three kids under did we have three kids under five at that point yep. and i woke up every single morning two hours before the kids would get up so that i could make breakfast and um you know clean up anything that needed to be cleaned up put the dishes away etc cetera, etc cetera, so that it looked like we didn't live in the house it didn't look <laughs> like three kids yeah. terrorized the house that it was in tip-top condition and that took a huge toll on me. Yeah, it's a lot of stress that piles on top of each other, mm-hmm. right? So you're selling, you're buying, you're also saying goodbye. There's a lot of emotional, it's just incredibly emotional. Right. Right, you're saying goodbye, but also if you're working, you're finishing work. And if you're moving for a job, mm-hmm. then you're kind of thinking about the new job. Yes. And maybe you're moving and you don't have a job. So you're like, oh, I need to find a job. Right. Right. So there's just so many things that you're juggling through. And you're trying to pack at the same time. Yeah. It's like, hey, how many things can we pile on this person to see when they bust? Mm. So how to prepare for moving, how to make it a little bit less stressful? Well, if you can afford it, highly consider packers and movers. Mm -hmm. And maybe if you're transitioning to a new job, see if your employer will maybe help you with some of that like maybe you can negotiate it into your contract and usually if they offer packing and moving Mm -hmm. they'll offer they'll also offer a cash buyout where they'll give you a certain amount of cash and you just do it yourself so do not do that i was gonna say (laughs) we have done both we have moved ourselves multiple times even across the world yes and we have had packers and movers and i cannot tell you the incredible, incredible blessing it was to have packers and movers. It Obviously, was. there's a little bit of a downside, right? Like somebody else is touching all your stuff. They only label usually the first three things they put into the boxes. And um, so the unpacking is a little bit like, oh, I probably wouldn't have put the pillows with the toaster oven, but you know, 
it is what it is. Um, but it was such an incredible relief. Like I felt like we really had a good opportunity to say goodbye to our friends and to our church, um, and also help our kids be able to grieve and say goodbye to their friends. Cause that's the whole world. That was their whole world before they didn't know anything else. They didn't know another house. And so it was really hard for them to, um, say goodbye, but also it was kind of nice that, the Packers came and they finished everything in two days so uh, that they weren't, you know, the kids didn't have enough time to take everything out of the boxes again. And, you know, why are you packing this? I want this and all that. So yeah. Even the fact of not having to find boxes. Yes. I mean, we've moved ourselves with our friends a lot of times. Yes. Thank you to all our friends who've helped us. Exactly. The amount of banana boxes and apple boxes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For our (laughs) books. Cause you can't pack books in huge boxes. That's for sure. Precisely. So honestly, and there are a lot of ways I know, I know it is initially a little, it's expensive and Mm -hmm. maybe you can do some of the packing and they do some of the packing or maybe you do the packing and they do the moving or, or you kind of split it up here and there, right? There's a lot of different options, but if you are selling your house and buying another one, there's equity that you've built up and Mm -hmm. and you don't need to put all of the equity back into another house. You can always take a little bit of money out to do that. Mm -hmm. All right. So the fourth stressful life transition. This is not a fun one, but this is something I think we have both experienced and feel like we needed to add this to um, the the list. Uh, the fourth one is watching your parents grieve their own parents' death. Yeah. And this last year, that happened for the both of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I lost my grandmother and you lost your grandfather. Mm-hmm. And to see our parents go through that. And to see our parents process through that. Right. And kind of the the unspoken expectations and, and the spoken expectations. Mm-hmm. I mean, for my parents didn't expect me to fly back. Right. But we were able to figure that out. And mm-hmm. I was at, uh, I was speaking at a conference and I was able to kind of finish early and rerouted a flight and was able to prepare to go out there and my dad's response I mean I I still remember now how surprised he was and how he was like because initially when he when I said I couldn't go because I was mm-hmm. going to be speaking somewhere he was like oh yeah it's okay no, and it was your dad's dad yeah, that had passed yeah. away yeah and and he was incredibly understanding he's like yes I know your work's really important and, mm-hmm. and that's fine don't worry about it we know you're gonna you would have wanted to be here it's, it's mm-hmm. okay but when I told him that I rearranged things and that I was going to be there it's not like he was like over the moon. Right. But I could hear in his voice and in his tone how happy he was. Yes, he was very appreciative. That. But I ended up not being able to go because the flight got canceled. Oh, so tragic. It was a tornado on the West Coast oh. of the States that just canceled all flights. I had to sleep in a hotel at Dallas in Dallas and just come back the next day because I would have missed the f- everything. Everything. Yeah. yeah. So for my experience, uh, my grandmother had passed away last summer. So I think at first my parents were saying to you, you don't have to come down. Like we had just been to Canada the month before and had stayed for a month. So my mom was like, don't worry about it. You already said your goodbyes and, and you know, paid your respects in that way. So you don't have to come. And then 
uh, Daniel and I had talked about it and I was like, well, I'd actually really like to come. So he's like, you know what, we're going to find a way for you to come. And so I called my mom back and told her and she started crying and she was like, oh, she's like, actually, I really, really need you here. So we uh, booked a flight and uh, and I flew out to be there. So went to the funeral and um, it was really, really hard. I remember this moment where my mom was looking into the casket and then she just touched my grandmother's hand and she said, goodbye, mom. And then just like, I'm going to cry, like burst out crying. And I just remember I wasn't like I was behind her. And so I could just see her shoulders like shake uncontrollably. And it was probably the first time I've ever seen her cry so hard. And it was just like this mournful weeping. And I, I, I just lost it myself. And it was just, it was so, so hard to see such a strong woman like completely break apart. And I just will always remember that moment. Um, I think that afternoon, one of my friends who's actually is a psychologist and she texted me, she lived in Nashville at the time. And she was like, how are you doing? And I had told her like, I am so surprised how hard it has been to see my mom grieve so deeply for her own mom. And she texted back and she said, actually, that is probably the last one of the big major points and the last point of, um, catapulting an adult into adulthood Mm. like that officially makes you an adult about seeing your own parent grieve their own parent and there's tension in that right I mean there there's tension in that we were both grieving the death of our grandparents Mm -hmm. you were thankfully able to be at the at the funeral Mm -hmm. there and and you were processing through that and and you know I mean our society always says you know be strong you know pick yourself up by your Mm -hmm. bootstraps and and our culture really has this attitude where it's like hey yeah mourn privately grieve privately Mm -hmm. and you don't need to worry about that I mean when we were in Korea when funerals happened there would be wakes for like a week on right and yeah right i mean there's just a lot of and i know in middle eastern cultures there's Mm -hmm. a huge emphasis on on stopping and grieving and wailing and there's even a ucla study there where they're comparing uh, the emotional health afterwards of Mm -hmm. westerners and uh, middle easterners Mm -hmm. after someone is grieving another person's death and they actually say months down the road that those who grieve sufficiently and you know, that Middle Easterners actually had a higher level of emotional health than Mm. Westerners because of that. Yeah, I can see that. Right. So when you watch your parents or your grandparents pass away or loved ones pass away, Mm -hmm. realize that, yes, you do need to grieve yourself. Mm -hmm. But um, but there's there's also that tension where you're wanting to be strong. So how do we how do we kind of navigate that? Well, I think it's more of a matter of being aware that there is going to be a tension. Yeah, that's right. The tension between um, needing and wanting to grieve uh, the loss of your loved one, your grandparent, but also that desire to be strong for your own parent. Yeah, completely. So before we wrap up the podcast, we have one more life transition that no one talks about, but everyone should be aware of. And Christina, you're actually personally going through this right now. Yes. It's going back to work. Yes, it is. After 10 years of not being in the work world for, you know, having children and also being on a visa, so not being able to legally work, I am starting work next week. Yeah. 
Wow. <laughs> I know, right? So how does it feel? <laughs> and I would say one of those tension things again. It feels amazing. The fact that I'm doing something that's flexible and that I really enjoy um, and being able to use the skills that I've been able to hone into. However, also the fact that I feel really nervous mm. about making mistakes or not finding enough time to... Um, work and to take care of the home and to grocery shop and to take kids to appointments and all of that. So it's sort of that having to find my new normal. So for all of those stay-at-home moms and and dads and and students or people who are not working right now, uh, one of the best ways to prepare uh, for that day when you do go back to work Mm -hmm. is to today actually be faithful in all of your responsibilities, right? Whether it's studying or whether it's getting up early and bringing the kids to school or whatever, you know, whatever your daily responsibilities Mm -hmm. are, because you're likely not sitting on a couch playing video games, listening to this podcast. That's not really who. Eating chips. I mean, if that's who you are and you're listening to this podcast, please let us know that you're doing that because that's very fascinating. But... So that's so that's probably not you, right? <laughs> that's probably not you. So how do we prepare? Well, be faithful in everything that you are responsible for, mm-hmm. because that's going to prepare you for the time when you have to be faithful for other people's responsibilities, which they're hiring you for. Completely. And I think another thing to prepare for as well is to know your boundaries, to if you have issues saying yes to every single thing that comes your way, then that's not going to change when your schedule is more packed or that you have deadlines or a boss telling you what to do. So now is the time to be able to think and to practice really what are the things that I need to say no to? What are the things that um, I can put aside for now so that I can do the things that really matter? whether it be family, whether it be, you know, starting a new career or whatnot, we need to figure out what are our priorities and how we can say yes to those. Yeah. And on that note, if you haven't listened to episode 32, we interviewed Christy Wright on Business Boutique mm-hmm. and on getting back to work and, and working. Work-life balance. Yeah, exactly. And, and we're actually doing a big giveaway. So go to inbetween.org slash episode 32 to learn how to enter that giveaway. And that giveaway is a free ticket for you and you can bring a friend. So it's two free tickets. Yeah, amazing. Where you can come to Nashville. Christina is going to be there as well at the conference, as at the Business Boutique Conference. So be sure to go to that episode and enter. Completely. I cannot wait to hang out with you there. All right. I feel like that episode was way more emotional than I was expecting. So I'm trying to pull myself (laughs) together here. I'm like wiping off all my tears behind the microphone. But um, I hope and we hope that this episode would be helpful to you in whatever life transition that you are going through. If it has been helpful, we would love to hear from you at InBetweenShow on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And if you could also leave a rating and review for us, if you haven't yet done so on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, that would mean a lot for us. It does help other people discover the show and and determine if they want to listen to it as well. And lastly, for all the show notes and amazing Instagrammable images that you can share, go to inbetween.org slash episode 34. So next week, we're actually going to be sharing an interview with you. 
Yes, she's an amazing friend of ours, and she has gone through a lot in her life. Um, She actually left an abusive relationship. Um, She had two kids at the time. So we're going to be talking to her about learning to trust again, even going through such tragedy. Yeah, so please subscribe if you haven't yet done so. And if there's a friend that you know who needs to hear that or would be interested in hearing about that episode, please tell them about the podcast as well. We'll catch you next week. It won't.